Hi, I'm Ellie, and I'm going through some pretty trying times on my very own trying to conceive journey. And if you're here, I'm guessing you are too. In this pod, we're talking about all things TTC and fertility to try and feel less alone as we get to know our bodies, while also exploring the different journeys that we might be on to try and meet our baby. Whether you're battling with infertility, trying after loss, or just starting out trying for the first time and you don't know where to begin, this pod is for you. Welcome to The Trying Times. Hello my loves, I hope you're okay today and the journey isn't feeling too heavy. And if it is, then that's okay too. It's a roller coaster. Whenever there's a down, another up is on its way. Today is a bit of a more educational type of episode where we're going to be talking about testing for ovulation. So hold on to your hats because this is a biggie. We're going to be talking about what ovulation tests are, what they do, when to take them, how to read them, and which ones to use as well. It can feel like a bit of a minefield at first, like pretty overwhelming, but I promise you it's not as hard as you might think. It's one of the most common questions that people ask me, how do you track ovulation? And it's a very good question and one that I asked too when I first started out tracking. I googled everything, we go to Dr Google, right? Before I get into this, I do need to say that I am not a doctor. I am just your average girl on her own journey trying to have a baby. Everything that I'm going to be sharing with you today is from my own experience over the last two and a half years and a lot of research and learning from other girls just like us. When I decided I wanted to have a baby, I started out by following fertility accounts, searching TTC on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, and I learned by watching how other girls did it. I learned from girls who are, I guess, just like me now. I had no idea what LH meant and that we needed it for our bodies to ovulate. I didn't know anything about phases and what was happening inside my body. All I knew was that egg plus sperm equals baby. But there's so much more than that. (laughs) There's so much to know and to understand. Okay, so ovulation tracking, ovulation tests. What are they and what do they do? These are pretty clever little sticks that we dip into our pee to see our hormone levels. And these tests search for a hormone called the luteinizing hormone, which is what the body releases when your egg is mature and ready to pop out of your ovary and go on its little adventure. These hormones tell your body that to let the egg go. So once these tests turn positive, ovulation will happen shortly after that. This hormone being released is what we call peak and we get very excited about. So in the shops, you might see some boxes that say ovulation tests and they're often shelved with the pregnancy tests. They look like the those little cheap strip pregnancy tests and these are the non-digital strip tests but you can also get the digital kind with the smiley faces and these are great to read because smile equals peak and that's really easy right well i thought so too but i don't entirely trust the digital ones i love them don't get me wrong there's nothing better than seeing a smiley face on a test but that solid smile face that comes as soon as the lh is rising not at the exact time of peak Whereas the strip tests get darker and darker and darker, so you can see the exact moment of peak before they start going light again. Plus, the digital ones are pretty pricey. (laughs) If you aren't bothered about seeing the exact peak, then these are great for you. But personally, I am a bit of a data freak (laughs) when it comes to these things, and I often take multiple tests in a day to try and catch the highest and the darkest test of all. So the cheap strips are better for this. But does it matter if you catch the exact peak? Probably not, as long as you're what we like to call baby dancing regularly through this time. But it's pretty satisfying to see it. Now, the strip tests aren't all made equal. (laughs) Try a range of different types if you like. Find the ones that you like most and go from there. 
I've tried a fair few and my favorite ones are definitely the easy at home ones, which you can get very cheaply on Amazon. Now I have no links with any tests or any brands, but my views are purely from experience. Depending on the type of test, it will either have a screen which comes out with a circle or smiley face, or a strip with two lines on it. Let's start with the strips. These will always have two lines, like a positive pregnancy test. Even when they're negative, they will still have two lines, but the control line will be darker than the test line. So looking at the strip, the control line is on the right usually, and the test line might be obvious or it might be barely there. But as long as it's lighter than the control line, then it's negative. When the test line, which is the line on the left of the test, gets as dark as the control line, so it's matching in colour, or it's darker than the control line, then this means it's positive and your LH is surging. Different people have different types of surges as well. So one person might peak really quickly um, in a, like a day out of the blue, and it suddenly goes super dark and then it drops again super quickly back to light. And we call this a rapid surge. But some people will have a slow build up to that peak. So here you might see your tests gradually becoming darker over a couple of days, and then peak might linger a little bit before then it drops back down again. Both are normal, both are completely fine. The thing that lots of people tend to struggle with with the strip tests is reading them and knowing if they're positive or not. There are apps out there that can read the tests for you and they can give you a number for the test. So they can go from 0.01 up to like, I don't know, 2.5 or something. I've never had a 2.5. My peaks usually read between 0.7 and 1.3-ish. And the app can then get to know your body over a couple of months and tell you when it's going to be high and when it's peaked. It's great if you're struggling to read them yourself. And I'll go into more detail about apps and which ones I've used and liked in another episode another day. Okay, so let's talk about the clear blue digital tests. These are easier to read. It's literally a yes or a no. You get a smile or you get a circle, which is not a smile, no peak. They have two tests. There's a pink one and a purple one. And there's one big difference between these two tests. And that is estrogen. The pink tests are just like the strips. They're looking for LH and they will give you a solid blank circle until your LH rises and that's when that beautiful smile will appear. The purple ones have another step to them and I like these for this reason alone. These tests will give you a flashing smile before you reach peak. That's when it's picking up your estrogen levels. Now estrogen rises before LH does, so guess what? You get a warning. It's telling you that peak is coming soon it's telling you that you're in your fertile window and this gives you more chances for baby dancing and getting those little swimmers ready and waiting for that beautiful egg. And sperm can live for up to five days and sometimes up to a week. So knowing that you're in your fertile window, this is good intel. Now, this isn't for everyone. Some people don't get much of an estrogen rise before peak and some people get it for a really long time. Personally, I get about two to five days of these flashing smiles. But if you have a rapid surge, you might go straight to a solid smile. Everybody is different and you're gonna learn what your body does as you track. Personally, I do the combo. I do the strips and I do the digital purple clear blue. I do this so I can see when my estrogen starts to rise and then I can catch my actual peak on the strips. And this works really well for me and you'll find what really works for you. What I will say quickly is that the digitals need a baseline. I didn't know this when I first started tracking and it really confused me. 
but basically the first time that you take one of these digitals, it will always be a solid circle. So I like to get this out of the way nice and early in my cycle so that when I'm ready to test, the tests are ready for me to start tracking. Which takes me to my next point. When do we start taking them? Now that, my friend, depends on your cycle length. Now this can be a bit tricky because our bodies are all different. We aren't all the same. We haven't all got the same length cycle and the same length phases. We don't all ovulate consistently on day 14. We aren't average, and that's okay. It just means that we have to learn what's normal for us. And this might mean tracking right from the start of your cycle just to get your bearings. But unless you have a 14 day long cycle, very unlikely, maybe you don't need to start tracking on cycle day one, but maybe shortly after when your period ends. I'm jumping ahead already. Let's talk about cycle day one. When is that? This is known as the first day of your cycle, your period. So not spotting, but bleeding. That is day one. And I'm told by my IVF girls that their clinics count cycle day one as the first full flow. But if that's in the afternoon, they count it as the next day. I don't personally do this. I just go on the day that I fully bleed is my first day of my cycle. But clinically, that might be a little bit different. Then once your period arrives, you are now into your follicular phase. And this is the first phase of your cycle. This is basically the phase where your follicles grow. And these follicles, they contain the eggs and it's where they grow and become mature. Once the egg is mature, and this means like it's fully ready to go and find a sperm, your body then produces the LH hormone, which then allows the egg to burst out of the follicle and head towards the fallopian tubes to go and get that sperm that is hopefully waiting for it. To put it simply, your period happens, then your eggs start to grow and become strong and ready, and then once it's ready, it's released, aka your follicular phase. After it's released, aka ovulation, we enter our second phase of our cycle, the luteal phase. And during this phase, the follicle that the egg came out of, it collapses and forms this new thing that we call the corpus luteum, hence the name luteal phase. This then releases more hormones to help sustain any pregnancy that might happen. Mainly and very importantly, it produces progesterone. So the average luteal phase, the length of time from ovulation up until your period is 14 days. Luteal phase length doesn't tend to change unless you're medicating with progesterone. We can talk about progesterone another day. So you sort of want to time it back from your period to see when ovulation might be. Let's start with the average, 28 day cycle. You'd have 14 days up to ovulation. Day 14 would be ovulation day. And then your luteal phase would be another 14 days taking you to day 28. And this is when your period would start the following day. This is where the whole living in two week cycles comes from. But we aren't all average as we know. So then it might be a little bit more complicated. Say you have a 21 day cycle. If your luteal phase was 14 days long, then this would mean that you would ovulate around cycle day seven. And if you had a 32 day long cycle, you might ovulate around day 18, 14 days sooner. But this isn't definite. I have what we call a luteal phase defect, also known as a short luteal phase, which is 10 days or less long. Personally, mine's nine to 10 days long. So if I ovulate on day 13, I have around a 23 day cycle. So a short cycle doesn't always mean earlier ovulation. Also, your cycles might not be the same length every single month. Like my cycles range from 23 days all the way to 28 days. 
So personally, I know I peak between day 12 and day 18 because of like the length of my cycles and I know my luteal phase length. So I start testing around day 10. This is why tracking is so important to catch when you actually ovulate. Otherwise, it's just all guesswork, isn't it? So if you're just starting off tracking, I suggest starting from the end of your period every single day until your test turn positive and even afterwards to make sure that it doesn't fail and then try again, which can sometimes happen. Okay, check-in time. Are you okay? Because I know that this is a lot of information. Are you still with me? And don't worry if you're not, if you need to pause and you need to re-listen to any of it or if you have any questions, the community is here to help. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is what time of day to take the tests because this seems to be a bit of a hot topic. The jury's out on this one. The strips say to do it in the afternoons, the digitals say first morning urine and honestly I don't think it makes that much of a difference and with the strips I take them multiple times a day. If it's going to rise it's going to rise and your pee will pick it up. That's my attitude to it and it's always been fine. What I do is this. I take one strip test a day in the afternoons around 4pm until I'm getting my bodily signs that I'm fertile Um, and then I will double this up to mornings as well as the afternoon. So I'll do maybe 11am and 4pm. The digitals I tend to take at the same time with the strips in the afternoon. Now when my strips start to go darker I might even be a little crazier and take more. It's a bit addictive, I can't lie. So at this point, I would probably take the digital and most likely, if my strips are getting darker, it'll be a smiley face positive. And this means it is rising and it's the start of my LH surge. And this is why I keep on testing with the strips. I want to see the actual peak. So then I might take a test when I wake up and then I might take another one around 11-ish and then maybe 4-ish and then before I go to bed, just to get a whole picture of the whole day. Now you don't have to test as much as I do. You really don't. I just find it kind of fun. And yeah, like I said, it's addictive. Once I've seen the get lighter again after the peak, which is the darkest test, then I would stop taking the tests and confirm it with temping. Temping is a whole other ball game, but very closely linked to all of this. So I will go into detail on that in another pod very soon. Some people like to carry on testing their LH after they get their peak for a little while just to make sure it doesn't fail and then keep going. I don't do that now. I used to. I don't do that now um, because I know that my body doesn't do that and I can do it with temping just to check. So yeah, that's what works for me. Find your rhythm with them. Find what works best for you and just go with that. The only thing I will say here is if you have been drinking loads, your pee might be diluted. So do be aware of that when taking the tests. I go with the apple juice rule. If it's closer to the colour of apple juice than water, then you're good. But also don't dehydrate yourself. (laughs) I have always been awful at drinking. So I rarely have that problem with diluted pee. But yeah, don't not drink just because you might need to take a test. And there are times where ovulation tests won't be good to use. For example, if you have PCOS, it's not always reliable because you can get multiple peaks and not ovulate. But it can't hurt to try. Give it a go. Find out what days your body is peaking and I promise you it'll make catching ovulation a lot easier. Oh, there is one more really important thing to say here before we finish and that is that peak is not actually ovulation. 
And I can pretty much hear you in my head saying, what, they are ovulation tests. Why aren't they ovulation? But remember that peak comes before ovulation. These tests can't tell you that you have definitely ovulated. They can tell you that you should be ovulating in the next day or two. Ovulation should happen about, I think it's 28 to 36 hours after the rise in LH and about 8 to 20 hours after peak is what I've researched and found. So this is why I like to catch actual peak rather than the rise because I know I'm going to be ovulating sooner. But the only way to confirm ovulation is by checking your progesterone levels. Now that can sort of be done without going to a clinic and getting your bloods checked. There is an easier way and that is by checking your temperature. I'm not going to go into that today because we'll be here for hours, but I will do a whole nother episode all about tracking temperature to confirm ovulation, I promise. I think that's enough for today. It's probably been a bit of an information overload, but it's here for whenever you need it. So come back and listen to it whenever you feel you need to and share it with your friends who might be starting out and they don't know what to do or how to get started with tracking. But yeah, let's help each other out. Anyway, you lovely lot, I'm gonna go and get a drink before my voice disappears. I really hope today's episode has been helpful for you. Send it, share it, use it, ignore it, do what you want with the information, but I hope it's helped you understand these little sticks a little bit better. And if you could give the pod a little like and review, I'd be very grateful. If you want to come and talk more about this topic or compare tests or just get advice from other people who are doing the exact same thing, come and join our Trying Times community over on Patreon. And that will link you to the server where we can all chat. I'm also going to be doing our first live chat over there soon. So I really can't wait for that. So do come and join us. You can find that over on my website, effortlesslyelly.com which is linked, I think, below here somewhere. (laughs) Um, And you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at effortlessly.ellie as well. If you can't wait to hear my voice again, (laughs) you can head over to Patreon as well. And my next episode is live straight away for you to go and have a listen to. So do go and check it out. Anyway, I will speak to you soon, my loves. Bye.